Well, praise God. God is so awesome. Uh, you know, uh, we have been on a series on miracles and, uh, you know, I, I'm believing that God's going to do some miracles this year. Yes. Amen. Yes. And, you know, the key to seeing God's miracles in our life is to believe. So we just must believe. We must keep the switch of faith turned on. Amen. In other words, we do that through expectation. So you know what? I'm expecting. How many people out here are expecting God to do awesome things this year in your lives? I'm expecting. Amen. And so really, expectation is the ingredient of miracles. And today I want to talk to you about having a fresh perspective, having a fresh perspective in actually the new normal. Are you used to the new normal yet? You know, they say it takes 21 days to develop a habit or to get used to something. I think we've been in the new normal for over 21 days and I'm not used to it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not used to the new normal. And, and I know that we are believing that it's going to go back to normal. But as Christians, I don't believe we're going to go back to normal per se. I believe we're going to move into the new normal. Amen. In other words, we're going to move into a new place in Christ because, you know, during this time that, you know, things are locked down, I'm missing some things. You know, I'm I'm missing the restaurants that I used to frequent and I'm missing, you know, going into Starbucks and, you know, there's long lines now at Starbucks. And, you know, I haven't I've only been to Starbucks once in the past two weeks because I'm making my own coffee and um and I'm doing a pretty good job. Hallelujah. And so, and so uh, you know, but I'm not getting used to the new normal. But, you know, I'm going to say this, that we're, we may be in areas of our life where we may not like, but I want you to think about this. How's your attitude when things are happening that you don't like? Is your attitude staying right? And so today I want you to have a fresh perspective on what's going on. You know, I'm, I'm realizing how much I value my freedoms and, and that when my freedoms are taken away, how much I realize, um, you know, how much I miss them. Amen. And, and, uh, you know, I, it, this is just a taste of, of sort of living under a little bit of oppression, even though that we doing it for the good of the people, it's still be, we're still being oppressed in some way by, by not allowing us to go to the parks with our family and go to the beach. And there is a, there's a little bit of oppression there. And so, you know, the scientists and all those, they're, they're doing what they believe is, is right for our community. But um, I'm going to say this. Don't be in fear in this time. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. And I'm not afraid of the virus. You know, uh, my mom's my mom's in her 70s. She's not afraid. We, you know, we're just not afraid. Why? Because we have Jesus. You know, we we have the uh, greatest person in history. Amen. Jesus. And guess where he resides? Not only in heaven, but he resides in every believer. Somebody say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Not only do we have Jesus abiding in us, amen, we have the name of Jesus, and that name is above every name, amen, amen. and it's above the name of cancer, amen. it's above the name of 
heart disease. It's, it's, it's above the name of any virus that may be coming down the pike. And all we have to do is just use the name of Jesus more often. And I think that's what we're not doing. We need to be exalting Jesus and not the coronavirus. We need to be exalting what Jesus has done for us and the promises that that he has given us through his blood sacrifice on the cross. So I want to talk to you about a fresh perspective. And let's look at Isaiah 43, 19, because I I think this is pretty awesome. And um, I think this is what God wants to do in our lives every day that we wake up. Um, And he says in Isaiah 43, verse 19, he says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in wilderness and rivers in a desert. So what, is God, what does God want to do in our lives? He, he wants to do a new thing. In other words, he wants us to have a fresh perspective. He wants us to see things for, not from the valley of despair, but he wants us to see things from the mountaintop. And when we start seeing things from the mountaintop, that's his perspective. All the problems, all the things of this life become small. And so we need to just have a perspective that God wants in this time of the lockdown, that God wants to do a new thing in our lives. I think sometimes we, we take for granted, you know, our freedoms and we take for granted coming to church and we take for granted. And sometimes it can be like, Oh, I, I have to go to church today. And I don't know if you've been there or not. Amen. But sometimes you're like, oh, I know not not you, not the church family, but every once in a while you feel like, well, you're just doing it out of duty. And we don't serve God out of duty. Amen. We serve God out of love. Yes. And I don't know about you, but Sundays is one of my most favorite days of the week. Why? Because we come together and the word of God is ministered and the presence of God is in this place. Amen. And God is revealing truth and setting us more free. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I want to become more free every day. Amen. So I'm going to talk to you about a fresh perspective. And um, uh, I, I like what it says here in Acts 2, 17 and 18. And because, see, I believe in, we're in the end days. Now, when people say that they talk about the end days and sometimes the prophets will, will preach gloom and doom, I, I think the, the end of the days for the Christian is going to be good. Amen. In other words, the church is going to get brighter and we know the world is going to get darker. But I like what it says in Acts 2, 17 and 18, because God wants to do this and he's in the process of doing this. And it says in Acts 2, 17 and 18, it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters uh, shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. So what is God doing in the last days? He's pouring out his spirit. Amen. But you know what? We got to get in a position for him to pour out his spirit on us. In other words, we we need to get in a position. I believe in this time of of this lockdown, this pandemic, you know, Uh, it it gives us the opportunity to slow down a little bit. 
Uh, I, I think sometimes we, we run way too hard. We have too many things on our schedule. And we're not waiting on the Lord like we need to. Spending the time in God's presence like we need to. And the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord. Somebody say wait on the Lord. Shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In other words, we need a recharge. You know, a lot of times my cell phone is low on battery. And, uh, you know, one th- I, I have an iPhone. And I, I love it. But one thing I don't like about my iPhone is that it will reveal. I think it does something at 10%. It may beep. But um, the old flip phones, when you're talking on it and you were low on battery, it would, it would do a beep beep in your ear while you're talking on it, letting you know that it's going to die. Some of you might have those flip phones still. You may not have a, a, a smartphone, but, but you think a smartphone would do the same thing. But the smartphone, after that 10%, if you don't get it charged up, you, you could be talking on that smartphone and it doesn't alert you and it cuts off. Boom. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a smartphone. You know, it should be as good as the flip phones. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? You know, the flip phones, they, at least they give you a little warning. And you know when it hits that little beep beep in your ear, you got about two or three minutes of life and then boom. You know, you know your, your spiritual life when, when your attitude is down and you're depressed, you know, your spirit is going beep beep. <laughs> what, is that, what is that saying? That means we need to plug into God. That means we need to start plugging in God. When we get sick and tired of the lockdown. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody sick and tired of the lockdown? Amen. But thank God it's going to be over sooner than we think. Amen. And in this process, I believe we're going to be more spiritual and stronger when we come out of it. Remember when Jesus, he was in the wilderness and we're sort of in a wilderness right now. When he was in the wilderness, he was being tempted by the devil. But the Bible says that he passed the test and he came out in the power of the spirit. You know, um, I was so bummed out when they closed down my gym because uh, I enjoy working out. As you can see, I'm a fit person. But anyway, uh, so I try to stay fit. And, um, but I was really bummed out. But you know what? Uh, something good came out of something bad because now I'm working out with my younger brother, showing him how to pump iron. If John, if you're watching. And uh, we're working out together. And I'm telling you, I'm, I've never been more sore in my life. Praise the Lord. I mean, I'm working out. And, I'm, and, I, and, and I said to John, John, by the time we're done, by the time they open back the gyms, we're going to be jacked. You know, what does that mean? We're going to be built up. We're going to be strong. I'm telling you, by the time that church starts, I'm believing that all of you, all the church members are going to come in. You guys are going to be so on fire for God, ready to worship him, ready to hear the word of God. I'm telling you, you're going to just be hallelujah. You know, even some of my bad jokes. Glory to God. And so anyway, let's get back to this. So, so God, what does God want to do in the last days? He's going to pour his spirit out. And so what we need to do is we need to get in a position, amen, for him to pour his spirit out. In other words, we need to make room for God. We, need to, we really need to make room for God. I like what it says in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 30. This is the message. It says, are you tired? 
Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, I want to focus on that. Keep company with God and, and you will learn to live freely and lightly in God. In other words, God's yoke is easy and his burdens are light. And when we're walking with God, it doesn't matter what storm is brewing around us. We're going to stay in peace. Why? Because we're walking with God. When we walk with God. Amen. So in Thessalonians 5.23, it says this way. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I love that. That's a salutation um, at the end of a letter that Paul wrote. And it's kind of, it's a prayer salutation. And what he's saying is, may, the, may God's peace, uh, may himself, God, the peace sanctify you uh, through and through. May your whole spirit, somebody be blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I actually pray that for the church family almost every day. That, that your spirits, souls, and bodies would be preserved blameless at the coming of Jesus. And so, so what happens when we spend time with God? Well, when we spend time with God, God builds our spirit, he renews our soul, and he strengthens our bodies. Amen? And so that's what we, we, we do. And so that's what I endeavor to do as I minister the truth of God's word. So I want to talk to you about your spiritual life this morning. And is your spirit strong? Are you building your spirit man up every day? You know, I was talking to one of my members here at church. He's right back there. Glory to God. Michael, and I was saying, when I wake up, I, I, op- I open up my Bible, actually my app on my phone, and I, and I read the Bible. Why? Because I'm trying to get the Word of God in. And, I, and, I, and then, I, then I normally uh, worship the Lord. I try to find some worship songs and worship the Lord. Then I pray. Amen? Why? Why worship first before you pray? Because you enter His gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It, it, we worship God. We, in other words, our attitude would, will determine our altitude. Amen. And so, and so, so we, um, uh, so as I, as I put God's word there and meditate on his word, he builds me up for the day. And that helps me to fight against a bad attitude. Helps me fight against anything. That, because that's what we as Christians really fight against most of the time. Is depression or oppression or a bad attitude. And I'm telling you, attitude is 90%. I think every, attitude is everything. Amen. Look at Mark 5.1. We're going to look at this story. And this is a story about a man that was demon possessed. He was bound up. And uh, he had issues. He had problems. Kind of a lot like us before we get to Jesus. And some of us are still battling issues, even while we're walking with Jesus. And we're in a process of being delivered. Amen. And so and so in Mark 5, 1, uh, this is Jesus. It says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. So we see here that Jesus 
had a mission, and his mission was to get to a man that was bound up over in the region of the Gerasenes. And what was interesting about this, his mission was not just to the Jews, where he was doing most of his ministering, and um, he was really helping the Jews, and, but, but he actually went to a Gentile providence. And, and these people weren't Jews, but, but, but Jesus had a mission. You know, Jesus' mission is not just for the Jews, it's for all the world. And so Jesus was going over there. And what was interesting, he said to his disciples, he said, right before he got to that uh, place, that region of the Gerasenes, he said, let's go into the boat and get to the other side. And so you may not remember the story. I talk about the story a lot because it's a great, it's a great account of how the enemy will try to hinder us with the mission that God tries to place into our lives. And so the devil is going to always try to hinder the mission. Just remember that. The devil will always try to hinder us from walking out God's calling in our lives. And so, and so here, Jesus said to his disciples, let's get into a boat. Let's, get, let's go to the other side of the lake, to the, to the providence of the Gerasenes. And, and, and when they went into the boat, Jesus must have been tired because the Bible says he, he slept in the bow of the boat. But as they were moving towards their destination, this freak windstorm came up. Uh, it, this storm came up out of nowhere and it caught the disciples off guard and the wind was swirling around. And, you know, these disciples they're uh, you know, some of them were fishermen. Peter was a fisherman, you know, and James was a fisherman and and and, and they they knew how to handle the waters. But this was this was something out of nowhere. It wasn't from God. Sort of what we're dealing with today. This this pen, this this coronavirus, this. You know, uh, COVID-19, uh, it's, it's come, it came out of nowhere, kind of hit us by surprise. Amen. And so what happened? They started freaking out and they, they screamed at Jesus, said, Jesus, do you care that we perish? Of course, they woke up Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Whenever you get Jesus in, in your uh, life, whenever you get Jesus uh, in your equation, uh, he's going to always make things better. And so what did Jesus do? When they woke Jesus up, Jesus spoke to the storm because Jesus had power over the elements. And he said, peace, be still. And guess what happened? That storm shut down immediately. And that, you know, I preached earlier a couple weeks back about the power of our words. And we need to be we need to be speaking. And I, I, I want to keep reminding you every week, keep speaking that the coronavirus is dying out. Less and less people are getting infected and less and less people are dying every day. And, you know, and I believe that's happening. We know this, that I was watching uh, uh, President Trump on Friday as he was giving an analysis of the state of affairs where we're at. And they said that in New York, where the coronavirus hit the hardest, that 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 um, the casualties have went down 50 percent. In other words, it's going down. Amen. Hallelujah. Can somebody say glory to, glory to God? Amen. And I'm telling you, it's going down in every state. I declare it. Amen. And the people that are, you know, maybe getting it, they're coming through it. Amen. Which is about 99.5% of the people that get it are going through it and they're making it on the other side healthy. Amen. It's only a small percentage that's dying, but they want to focus on that. Amen.
Just a side note. I won't charge you for that today. Amen. So, so we see this, that, that Jesus was on a mission. And when he got into the boat, uh, I believe this was a demonic storm. And Jesus had to stop this demonic storm so they could get to their destination, really, to get to that man that was demon-possessed. And so Jesus spoke to the storm, and then he said to the disciples, where is your faith? And, you know, I, I really believe that this is what the enemy's trying to do in these last days, is he's trying to put fear on the body of Christ. You know, fear is going to come on the person that doesn't know God. But but I'm telling you that if you are a Jesus follower, if Jesus is residing on the inside of you, then you should not be walking in any fear. Amen. Amen. In other words, we need if you are if you are dealing with fear, you need to speak that scripture. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power Love and a sound mind. And then you also need to ask God to give you a spirit of boldness. Amen. Some of us need some boldness in these days. Listen, I'm telling you, uh, we haven't even seen the greatest harvest of souls yet. I'm I'm telling you, God is about ready to to open up the windows of heaven and pour out his spirit in such a degree that millions of people are going to be swept into the kingdom of God. I believe that. I believe there's a one last great revival before Jesus comes back. And I'm going to to be on the cutting edge and in the middle of what God's doing. I don't know if you can be on the edge and in the middle at the same time, but I'm going to Try to work it out. Amen. And so I'm going to, how many people are going to be in the middle of what God's doing and on the cutting edge? In other words, we're going to stay fired up for God. Amen. So we got to stay fired up. So, so look at Mark 5, 2 and 5. Let's continue with this account. And it says here, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, now he's, now he's uh, uh, on shore. And uh, or he's on on the beach. And when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. And when he was put into chains and shackles, he often as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. So really, this, you know, I, I've studied a lot of people that were set free and healed um, when Jesus, you know, through the Gospels. And this guy was probably one of the worst. He was, he probably, he, he seemed like he, this man was, uh, this man had issues. Yes. Amen. This man had a lot of issues going on. We know he had demonic oppression. And I like what it says in, you know, and I'm going to say this, that, uh, it, uh, you know, this guy was a worldly guy, but even believers can be oppressed by demonic spirits. Amen. But God is the deliverer. Amen. And he can deliver us. And, and these demonic spirits, what they will do is they will try to uh, coerce us and, and pressure us to do wrong things. And we, we just need to, uh, you know, submit ourselves to God. We, we don't and resist the devil. And the Bible says what will happen? The devil will flee. In other words, we don't allow these wrong spirits to push us. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. 
we don't allow the wrong thoughts to try to get us into a place. How do you avoid that, Pastor? I, I, I seem to have problems in some areas. Are you getting up and praying and asking God to help you that day? Because I find that when I don't pray, and, and I normally pray the Lord's Prayer, you know, deliver me from evil, um, you know, uh, in that Lord's Prayer, that I'm asking God to keep evil from me that day. And I find that when I don't pray and I'm not putting God in my equation, I end up losing my temper. I end up, you know, going fleshy. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been there? And uh, and so but but I realize that it's God's power that keeps me in a place of grace. Amen. So we can see three things happening to this man, and, and sometimes it happens to us when we're dealing with issues and problems in our life, when we're dealing with weaknesses. Uh, sometimes the problem or the weakness or even a sickness that we may be dealing with um, that we're ready to get rid of. Amen. Sometimes these things and with this man, this man was isolated. He was isolated. See, see, the Bible says that sometimes sickness, you know, in the in the Bible, when the. Uh, leopards, when, when they were sick, they had to quarantine them. Anybody feel like a leper right now? Well, I won't go there. But we're all sort of quarantined, aren't we? But anyway, um, but they would quarantine the leopards and kept them away from the regular people. They were isolated. And, and, so, and so sickness can isolate us. Uh, sin can isolate us from, from the goodness of God. And so, so we need to, we need to be careful because the enemy will try to get us isolated. And one of the tactics of the enemy, it will try to, he will try to get us to think that we can handle our own problems ourselves. In other words, we don't need anybody else. In other words, we're, we're strong enough. We can, we can, uh, handle whatever the enemy throws. No, I'm telling, I, I need the prayers of the congregation for my family. I need you guys and I, I, I need fellowship and I need people around me. And, you know, like like my brother, John, I'm working out with him. I, I don't know if I would be working out as often. I worked out three three times last week uh, if I didn't have a partner. Amen. And, and we we need each other. This isolation that's going on. I know it's for the good of the population, but. It's not healthy. It's healthy for us to come together. It's healthy for us to be with our families. It's healthy. It's unhealthy for us to be isolated. Amen. Sometimes uh, people that act up in prison will get will be in in confinement. They will be put in uh, isolation. And, And we were never meant to be isolated. We were meant to have strong relationships with one another, and, and some of the th- things that the enemy will do, he, he will try to get us isolated from other people. Sometimes the enemy will work on people, and and sometimes in church, and and would say to them, you know, you don't need church anymore. You don't need to come to church. You you have enough word. You you've been a Christian for long enough. You can do it without church. We we can't do it without the body. We need each other. I need you. You need me. We need each other. In other words, there's power in numbers. There's, there's power in unity. So the enemy will try to get us isolated or feeling isolated like we're by ourselves. 
and we're never by ourselves. God is with us and God will always bring somebody to help us and bless us. Amen. Ecclesiastics uh, 4, 9 and 10 says it this way. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 1030 a.m. Nurseries and Children's Church provided. This broadcast is made possible by the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.